Okay, uh, hello, welcome to another episode of the Session Recall podcast. Today is going to be a solo episode just because we're in the middle of sessions. Nick's recently been at Rockfield with Nada Surf in the coach house. And what we actually did is we batched episodes just before, actually in the summer last year, before the podcast actually got launched. And I think we actually managed to get about 10 episodes. I was just getting the feedback really about, you know, what's working, what we can kind of improve on. There's still a lot more stuff we've got planned. And look, we're looking to get more, some more guests in, in the near future. But if you're new here, my name's John. I'm one of the hosts for Session Recall. I've been a studio engineer at Rockfield and I've run a studio with Nick called Leaders Vale. And this podcast really is aimed towards musicians, songwriters, studio engineers, producers, anyone involved in music really who's looking to help foster their career. In a few of the previous episodes is we've been mentioning this band checklist. Uh, which is like a foundations guide for any bands or musicians starting out just to kind of help them with social media like a marketing approach and what's really kind of needed at the start just to get them kind of off the ground and also look at what works for musicians what works for bands when they're thinking about approaching promoters venues entering into the studio and it was something i put together when i was working at leaders vale a lot more and working with bands and um as we've mentioned previously in the podcast we're always having the same recurring questions that were coming up so what happens next what should we do and in the studio you know we, we do spend a lot of time talking to bands okay right you're not gonna be able to do everything on your own try and spit out the jobs in between yourselves and this is really where this kind of guide came through so i'm doing a screen recording of this checklist and it is available so if you wanted to download this checklist now if you head to sessionrecall.com forward slash band checklist there's a little form to fill out as soon as you submit that form i'll send you an email straight away just with a link to download and you can kind of use this you can print it out or like i think the pdf version is you can actually type on it as well and make notes so just follow along with this and write it out as we go along so hopefully i'll just bring the screen up now Hopefully that you can see this. So just quickly show you an overview. It's like band foundation checklist. There's a couple of nice little images at the front saying, well, these are some things to think about. And then let's have a look. If you just probably just click on here, let's go back out, zoom out a little bit. Let's go to the next page. So there's basically there's four pages. And what I'm really going to focus on today is probably the first two pages. We might come back to like the recording schedule and the live show schedule in the future because they might be things like a bit later down the line when we're looking at live music and so on. So with this band checklist, one thing to bear in mind is that this is just a guide. This isn't set in stone. This isn't exactly what you should be doing. It's just to try and trigger certain points. Just think, okay, have you thought about this? Have you thought about these kind of elements towards it? And sometimes, you know, some of this may be really like basic or really obvious for some people, but this helps you in any way whatsoever if there's anything that's like triggered a thought process or like a different approach let me know in the comments let me know what's working if there's anything you don't quite understand please leave a comment and i'll, I'll send us an email at podcast at sessionrecall.com so again we're back onto the first page we're just going to zoom in a little bit here so but no go back Right, so zooming in. So band checklist, what we have is there's a couple of topics we're going to be talking about today. Uh, sorting out your socials, band member roles, planning, band agreements, and then probably be looking at networking. So the first one that we'll probably be looking at today is sorting out your socials. So what I mean by this sorting out your socials is as a new artist, when we're thinking about coming up with a band name, it's trying to work out a social media handle or username that translates across all the different platforms. What we're trying to say here is if you can, it's not always necessarily that you're able to, but if you're able to get the same username on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, Snapchat, YouTube, and Twitter, it makes it far easier to have the same name each time. For instance, for Session Recall, um, it was available on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube and Twitter. And YouTube's our main focus for the social media channels. Facebook was the only channel that wasn't available, so we've got called it Session Recalled, but I might change it to the Session Recall podcast. 
the first thing is just thinking about like the tools and having a thought process towards like the branding that you want to have. So it's always like the same imagery, the same color schemes to some degree, and the same kind of post across all the platforms. So if you looked at it, if you looked at one channel or if you looked at like the different platforms, you could identify, oh yeah, that session record, oh, that's this band. Like it's all kind of similar. One of the things I would say about the social media aspect is you don't have to, I wouldn't re try recommending trying to be across all platforms. I'd probably say to start with, as you're growing, just, just focus on one. There is a big focus or shift now towards like the shorts, reels, or TikTok videos, like the vertical platforms. And these can be really useful tools to help grow your audience and work out what's working. I've, you know, I'm in a really lucky position where I'm talking to bands quite a bit and artists. And I think... Some people from like a traditional aspect may not be doing this as much, but I would say just have a go at trying things out. You don't, nothing has to be perfect, but just try things out and figure out what's going to work and what doesn't. Um, a friend of mine was doing fashion videos on everyday house items. That was worked out really well for um, on TikTok initially, and he switched over to YouTube now. So all we need to do really is just think about, well, let's just concentrate on one channel and then let's build out all the other platforms as we go along. So, I mean, a session recall at the moment, we're, we're at this stage at the moment where our primary focus is YouTube. We make one long form podcast as a video and then what we're doing is we're adapting the video down and then we're uploading it i export the video out into an mp3 and that goes on to our podcast post and provider and that goes to spotify apple music and everywhere else the podcast has been submitted what we're also then doing is we're taking snippets of the clips on the podcast and converting them into like vertical format for tiktok instagram um, Facebook as well uh, on the reels and also YouTube as well like the YouTube shorts has been actually a really good discovery platform for us because the reach on that I, I try and get some images and stuff on the short on the um, the reach but sh shorts at the moment on YouTube is probably about 75% of our exposure at the moment on the channel the subscriber base is still probably coming from the videos but there is a huge impact on terms of looking at shorts and reels. So I wouldn't discount it. The other thing is when I've seen, when we've had like advice from like social media platforms, he said, just try things out. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just, try, you know, just work out what what people are doing, what what's working for you, what's working for other artists as well. And just see, because something you, you never really know with all these platforms, you don't know what's going to be a successful post. You don't know what's going to actually like blow up or what's actually going to take off for you so just try things out to start with um it might be that no one sees them or you know it could be something that like we can kind of develop as we go along the other thing i'd recommend thinking about is rather than trying to post on the day what you can actually do is schedule posts and batch them so you could look at recording a few videos a few like um, snippets behind the scenes like recording process like what you've been doing in the studio band practices like little bits of banter and just little sketch sketches or something or like what's going on nearby reaction videos could be good what we could look at doing is like you could look at just doing a day of content and then having that scheduled out so i think with tiktok you have i think tiktok give you up to 10 days in advance with instagram with youtube facebook what you can do is you can actually schedule these with like a business account or like a, a creative account you have like a month's worth of content in advance so just like for example for us on youtube this video I think well this, is, this isn't like an outlier but this video is being being recorded on the 2nd of February but we've got snippets of previous podcasts that get released every other day on the channel just as a way of actually kind of reaching new audiences so we're not trying to like always post brand new things sometimes we could be taking snippets of that and that's another point um, which has been really interesting and really useful is some of our best performing 
shorts on YouTube have just been remixed videos from YouTube. So we've literally gone on the YouTube app, taken a video, like taking an episode that's already done, taking a 15 second clip on our phone, done remix, and then that's actually like blown up for us a couple of times. Again, we're a very small channel, so obviously we're not looking at like Mr. Beast levels, but it is something to think about using the remix of like previous videos and just would that work? It could actually help boost views for posts that may not be seen as much love from the YouTube algorithms now. So on page two, what we have is this top section here, which is obviously the email address, website address. This could just be a link tree. Link tree is really useful, I think, for new artists because you can kind of link to videos, direct people to your like the platform for a new release or a new single from Spotify and having everything kind of there. But it's just to try and make sure that if there are any differences with your social media channels, this is where we can kind of find it. If you can try and get the same username for all the platforms, it'll be much, much easier when it comes to like writing press packs, releasing and your websites because you can just do at band name and it's the same for all of them. And this is something I think YouTube recently introduced was the handles now is before you had to get to 100 subscribers before you could get a username but now they've actually copied TikTok with the at and then the handle pretty easily. So that's the first thing really social media is just have a look at that try and get the same usernames and try and get the branding across. One thing I will mention something that we actually use this actual platform so this, this guide is actually made on canva.com. There is a combination of free and premium tools. You can help you with like videos and stuff as well and like shorts and stories and everything. There's a couple of links in there that you should be able to click on and they're just, they're just useful time savers to have a look at. So that's social media like aspect. Let's go back to the previous page. And the next thing we're going to be talking about is the band member roles. So one of the examples that we gave in the previous podcast was with Burning Crows. Um, I remember when they were talking about it, they, they were really good in terms of making sure that everyone in the band had a set role for what they were doing. Whips is doing a lot of songwriting and there's a lot of the content for the when they were doing like fundraisers. Other works, I think Lance or Chris were one of the people who would be involved in like the bookings all the time and like the logistics of touring and everything. So like when we're sitting down, there's like one of the things that can happen in bands is sometimes it goes untalked about or unnoticed. There's sometimes there can be an underlying resentment where you feel like one member might feel like, well, I'm doing all the work. Why aren't other people doing like extra bits and pieces? And sometimes it comes down to haven't really like no one's really sat down and discussed what they're going to do. So like this is something when I was talking to uh, was it Wayne from Secret Faces? I think he like just due to the nature of the band, I think he mentioned that like he unconsciously was trying to take on all the roles and responsibilities of the band and this is something that can happen for bands as well this is my baby these are my songs i want to try and make sure i'm doing it but then you're not giving other members like the authority or the opportunity to do stuff and this is why like having people thinking about well who's good at what who what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses in the band someone could be really good at the social media aspect someone could be really good at design work there might be one or two people working on the songwriting outside of like practicing rehearsals and we've mentioned this i think in um, previous episodes in like the songwriting ones and also like the preparing for the studio aspect when we're actually forming a band or we're looking at like groups and stuff is there anything people can do to help each other out and just writing this down and saying well look, if so, if an inquiry comes in on like gmail or whatever email platform you're using it's saying well everyone has access to emails and like an inquiry comes in that you know that the drummer is going to be taking care of all the bookings and they know exactly what to be asking for so you don't get a situation where two people reply two different options two different answers and quotes and it's trying to avoid that conclusions now one of the things you can do with google or like gmail is you can add labels so you could actually identify you know at an early stage for bands you could identify who's actually in charge of this conversation and so, um, the bassist is taking care of this the drummer's like dealing with this inquiry so it keeps track of who's doing what but that's just something that 
something that I've seen before, whereas um, I remember like sending mixes to a band once. Bassist got really excited and was replying to me at two in the morning over Facebook in an email as well, saying that they also like, the song sounded great and everything. But I think there were one or two more revisions that needed to be done. And it was just, I think sometimes you can get jumping the guns, you can jump the gun a little bit. And if I think having someone just to take a moment and like just check, like speak to the band or like go through the process together, it can really help. And just having like figuring out who's going to be doing what and like, trying to share responsibilities between everyone is really, really helpful. What can happen is sometimes there might be two members in the band who are driving the band. The main point about this band member role idea is um, it's accountability. It's trying to make sure that everyone's doing stuff. So sometimes what might happen is that everyone sits down, and they agree the roles, but then it might be that one only one or two members are actually carrying out and doing what they say they do. So it's just trying to say, well, you said you're going to do this. Please carry on doing it. Otherwise, does it need to be... Do we need to revisit it? Do we need to think about finding someone else to kind of cover these roles and help us? Like ideally, what would happen is as we're thinking about this, that in the future, you get to a point where you want to be focusing more time on songwriting and have someone else come on board to take over some of these duties. And this is something I suppose that actually comes on to the next bit, which is talking really about the like the visions and goals and your plan for the next year. So this is something that comes up quite a bit. Whenever I go to like conferences, whenever I have like masterclasses from people, I'm talking about their role in the industry. So if it's like a booking agent management, if it's radio, what they're looking for is they want to hear a story. They want to hear about, well, what's your plans for the next year? What's your plans for the next two, three years? From a booking agent or promoter's role, what they're probably looking what they'd probably be looking for is like a band with a vision and idea of what they want to do. If they can get, if the late, if a venue can get in and develop a really strong relationship with these people, it might be that they could be headliners in the year down the line. And having that kind of vision of what you want to try and achieve is something that can kind of help convince other people to come and come on board with your vision for the band. Um, I'm just going to jump over to page two. So what I have here is these two sections we have in five years time we will and by this time next year. The idea behind is like sometimes people can overestimate what can be achieved in a year and sometimes underestimate what can be done in 10. I think it came from Bill Gates. I'll double check that and find out. But we're just saying like for five years time as a new artist, as a new band, have a think about well, where do you want to be in five years time? What do you want to be doing? Dream big. Well, what you want to try and do and then say, okay, right, I want to be playing Reading Festival. I want to be playing, get on a stage at Glastonbury. And then say, okay, well, what do I need to do that? How do I work your way back and make the steps available? And the benefit of doing that is just visualizing what we're going to be doing. So then it's right, okay, so to get onto festivals, we need to be gigging. We need to be demonstrating. We've got an audience and a following and we need to have some recordings out. So then it's like, right, in this next year, by the end of this year, we want to have, I don't know, a release on DistroKid or a release onto Spotify and Apple Music. We want to have a headline gig or we want to get on a couple of supports. The main reason is we want to try and show like a plan for the band. We're trying to order the artists and say, well, this is where I want to be for next year. And it also helps you kind of visualize it yourself. So there's like a checklist of things to be done that we can cross off. Having those, those ideas to cross off in the future is going to be really, really beneficial for you. And like sometimes visualizing it, writing it down, it's this like idea of just something it kind of gets it's ingrained in the memory and you can kind of refer back to it whereas if it's just like an idea we don't write it down or we don't have it somewhere we can refer back to it like on a band meeting or something then we might forget about it and then like the direction of the band kind of gets aimless and then that's another year down the line when we're in exactly the same place no one wants that so as i was saying i think when we're looking at this for this first year, when we say we like people can overestimate what can be achieved in the first year as a new artist it's very unlikely not impossible, but very unlikely that we're going to be looking at regular like festival slots across the UK, having a booking agent. 
but we could be looking at well let's get on some like local gigs some local festivals and just build up our like live performance set there so build up our live rapport but what it might be is that we're looking at trying to get some reviews from some live shows, looking at getting some um, reviews to the demos and recordings and everything, and getting this social proof is what it's sometimes called at, is to try and build up these reviews and achievements for press kits, which become really important when we comes to the point of applying for festivals, going to radio stations as well. And the more information we can provide, the more stories, the more positive press that we can give, actually may help us achieve some of the goals and make us stand out against the other bands or other artists that we're working with now music isn't a competition what we want to try and do is just paint ourselves in the best possible light and try and people bring people on board with our vision as we're developing and this is something with booking agents the likelihood is rather than you kind of go to them it's like most likelihood is that they're going to come to you when you're ready so just literally just keep doing what you're doing but like making like a positive positive connections with the local music scene just to give you an example for, for this year now, the one goal I've got for this year is with Session Recall again, we're really, really early stages. And um, what I'm trying to do is I've set, set myself the goal of getting 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year. And we're posting, trying to make sure that we keep to the podcast episodes of one podcast a week and then trying to post like some snippets and shorts around that. But the main goal is 1,000 subscribers and that's it. It might be adapted if we achieve it, it's great, but it's just something that it's in the back of my mind when we're editing, well, when we're making stuff that like that's the our goal for session recall. So as you can probably see, we're in exactly the same position as you guys at this moment in time. Um, I've done this with other bands. I've done this with my own channel on YouTube and my old studio channel that I've had. Um, so I'm starting from a different position from like, I suppose I've had the experience that I can take into that. And this is where the community that we've got will can kind of share best practices between each other. So that was one of the things um, when we talk about like these two goals here. So saying in five years time, we want to be doing this. Uh, our goals for this time next year, we want to make, make a list and cross it off as you do it. That's all we need to do what the other thing i actually said on the bottom is talking about uh following your idols it doesn't have to be idols but just have a look at artists who might be a couple of stages further ahead of you or some established acts on like major labels and just have a look at what they're doing how are they posting what are they posting is it always the same thing the biggest fallback i see from bands is going singles out buy my single buy my single we got a gig got a gig here's my single here's a gig it's like Cool, you're going to just, yeah, everyone's going to get tired of listening to that message. So see what other people are doing. How are they engaging with people? What makes it interesting? What I always, what we've, we've mentioned this a few times on in the podcast is like when bands come into the studio, this is a really good opportunity just to record as much as possible. Take tons and tons of pictures. Um, there's a band that I work with called Savage Messiah in Rockfield. I was just assisting, I think I was just an engineer in for the drums. What they did really, really well was they took so many photos, they managed to make it look like they had been in the studio for like three months. I think they were in, de they were in the studio for 10 days just recording the drums. And then it, they went on to like edit and record bass, guitars and vocals at another studio afterwards. Because they collected so much content, so much video footage, so much footage for photos, they were able to look at on the social media channels that they were still in the studio, they were still recording. And it's like this story idea, like the story is just like, it's embellishing on the truth, but it was actually obviously evidence of the stuff that they've been doing. And it just meant that they were staying top of mind with their audience. They were showing what was going on. People could kind of see what was happening. And now with the likes of Patreon, with the likes of YouTube and the subscriptions things, there's so many different ways that we can engage our audience.
And that's something just to kind of think about and just see, well, just have a quick look and see what other people are doing. Is there anything you can adapt from their approach? Is there any common themes between all these different channels? Are they all mainly posting videos? Are they all, are they, is live popular with them? Are they going live quite regularly? Is it photos? Is it a mixture? Because what we're seeing is like, we're probably a lot of these channels, again, when we go back to social media, a lot of these channels are now probably shifting over to more, more towards reels than they are maybe doing photos from a few years ago. I know maybe a few years back live was popular, but then also think about Twitch as well and think about like the live streaming aspect there. So there's, there's loads of opportunities there to kind of think about, well, what are other people doing? Like, don't just look up like people on the scene in your, like in the local circuit, but think further ahead. What are more established bands doing? What are major label bands doing? What are independent artists doing really well that we could adapt, not necessarily copy, but we can adapt for our own platform. And it's just like making these ideas and brainstorming and seeing what's well, putting it down to this section of what's working really, really well. So what we've done so far, we have sorting out your socials, band member roles, uh, planning for the year ahead, the band agreements and the networking as well. Haven't done networking, that's a complete lie. We're going to do that now. Final thing that I wanted to talk about in this episode, really, this is something that really gets overlooked by a lot of bands. A lot of artists, a lot of musicians, university students when they're doing like a business degree, sometimes there is a heavy reliance on social media and email. And I don't think there's enough people who are really perhaps going out and networking face to face or putting a face to the name. So what I've actually said here is go out and meet promoters, attend other band shows, support local music scene, offer to play shows for free just to get yourself known in a local area, organize events yourself um, in person or online and just start building your presence. So when I was gigging, this this happened just f just as much my original bands and then later on down the line when I was in like um, function bands and cover bands. More often than not, the best relationships that we had with the venues were the ones we actually went out and tried to actually ask for the like, go and speak to the promoters and go and speak to the venue managers and try and develop a relationship with them early on. So when like um, in Cardiff, when Porters opened, myself and Lars in our band, we went down to speak to Dan and we gave him a business card and obviously that the link to the website, which had a couple of live videos and everything. And from that, we were able to get bookings and develop a relationship with, with Porters for the first few years. If we hadn't have gone in, if we just tried sending an email or whatever, it's, it's this different dynamic because you put a face to the name where you actually go out and actually meet the people. You can get more across about your personality and the things that aren't written just by talking to them, saying like seeing that you're being proactive, you're easy to get on with. It just shows a little more, this just stands out a little bit more than just sending like an email so it's the same with networking this this will happen as well for production work for music work if there's networking events if there's anything that you can do just to meet artists and meet people it's like sometimes it's a numbers game the people you meet the people you go out and actually kind of speak to face to face they're more likely to remember you and so that might mean it's like positively reinforces like, okay, they're someone I want to remember. They're the person I might want to book. Oh, I remember this band. I'm just going to have a look at it. Now, you don't necessarily have to have business cards made up. And like, I've got thousands upon thousands of business cards. You know, I say maximum get a hundred. You probably won't need more than that. But even if not, just like, just take their contact email address or just follow up with them when you get back and say, hey, thanks very much for taking time to speak with me today. Just to remind you, this is my band. And this is like the things that we're doing, some links to some social media and everything which is like the starting point of a press kit but we can get into press kits at another point and hopefully we'll try and get some people on who develop press kits 
in the future. I've done this with production work, studio work, I've already mentioned that. I've had it in the music world as well, just going to gigs like as a studio engineer, going actually and speaking to the bands and saying, hey, really like what you're doing. And on that point, like I've taught networking, taught teaching career development to people. Like one of the things actually, if you ever look for like elevator pitches or networking for musicians, is the biggest issue with networking, I think sometimes is there's not many, very many good videos about for musicians, for producers, engineers, or whoever um, about this area. Um, because a lot of this idea like an elevator pitch or networking spiel is sometimes very focused towards like business jargon and obviously for music and the creative industries how you kind of approach the conversation for creative industries is not going to be the same as it might be for say you know a fortune 500 company or a business to business facing company so how you kind of approach that like how you talk about things or if you're looking for a job in a certain way you might be like approaching it in a different way so what i'm basically saying is that like it's a couple of sentences about who you are your music and what you're looking to try and get out of the conversation and the main thing is is to try and keep the language casual so with the business things if you ever watch any business um networking tips there's always there's always just to talk about i've done this i've achieved this or and like just the way they kind of talk about the wording is a bit wrong so just like give you an example is i just wrote something down here is like i'm going to use secret faces just because i'm working with them i think i'm in the studio with him next weekend so just a high and Wayne from Secret Faces. We're a four-piece indie band from South Wales. We support bands such as X, Y, and Z. Insert the bands that you want to put in there. And I was just wondering who might be the best person to speak to about support slots or playing at your venue in the future. Now, if you have that as like an elevator pitch, and that's who you're going to go in and speak to, like you're going to talk to a promoter or a venue, and you do that in person, that's a very good starting point because you kind of covered exactly what you want to do it doesn't take much of the time and then they determine what they what they want from you or like who they can kind of pass it on for them if you can get their name as well this is really important because what you can do is you can link that if they say you have to email this person and you ask the name say like you can email the person they've said and said hey joe in the bar i went i went and spoke to joe in the bar and they told me to get in touch with you about possible future things so having that name recognition association means it's not again just a cold outreach you've gone to the venue you've gone to the like the, the place and that might again just help you take another step up so that was like the idea do it in person this is my card or here's a qr code of all the information which might be a press pack which is very easy to set up and sort out um, and might just be a bit easier than sending just an email so what we're thinking about is with networking with getting gigs it's music is a bit of a game at times it is a bit of a numbers game but being proactive and putting yourself out there and meeting the right people can help develop your careers as well um, there are bands that i know who've gone and got jobs in the music industry which has helped propel like the, the gigs that they're available for it's absolutely a perfect thing to do so just think about how can we be proactive um, and get ourselves out there and it's like if you're going to gigs to support other bands stay and see all the other bands like to support them and develop relationships with them because what you want them to do is reciprocally come back to see you in the future as well so just recapping on all this so out your socials ideally just focus on one platform you can adapt the content then to the other ones afterwards um, and schedule it as well so you can, like I, I might take one day every two to three weeks and get like the videos and stuff scheduled so i don't have to keep thinking about what am i going to post what am i going to post um we're coming to a stage now i think we're going to be doing a couple more posts at a time just to kind of cat 
go back ahead of the video content. Um, agree band member roles, highlight who's going to be responsible for what, regularly check in as well, just saying, well, are we still on track? Do we need to adapt stuff? Um, are people like falling behind on what they need to do? But just have an agreement of some kind. Um, band agreements as well, just in terms of royalty splits. So like, are we all just splitting everything evenly? Have the conversation earlier on. As we've mentioned at the podcast, it saves a lot of hassle further down the line. Setting yourself long-term and short-term goals. Start for the long-term ones. What do you want to achieve in five years? How do we work our way back and break it down? Uh, and the networking, be active, try and go out and meet people as well as doing emails, as well as reaching out. Face-to-face contacts, getting a name or a recommendation from someone can go a long way into making yourself stand out as opposed to just like what they call a cold email, which you just kind of just firing off to people. Let me know your thoughts in the comments. Send us an email as well for feedback. I'd love to know what works for you guys. Is Has everything has everything I say been complete bollocks? That's <laughs> absolutely fine. Is there anything you don't agree with? Let me know. I'd love to hear, like again, what can we adapt from this? What can we change? Um, one thing I know I haven't mentioned is PRS and PPR membership, but that could be something that we look at later down the line. Um, the first of all, let's just get like songs written and recorded before we start worrying about that just at the moment. Now, if you're still with us at this stage, thanks very much for watching. I've got a small ask, if just ask for you. We've recently opened our Session Recall community and it's at a discounted early bird rate at the moment. This is an opportunity for like-minded musicians, studio professionals who are looking to develop their career over the next couple of years. Both myself and Nick are actively involved in this community and we host and we also host monthly hangouts with like the members um, just to discuss what we're working on, queries and questions about their own development or just and also an opportunity just to shoot breeze with the musicians, ask questions and get feedback from each other as well. From early feedback, we've also included an introduction to production courses, a little bit more information on music industry and marketing. And if this is something that it sounds like you'd be quite interested in, please head over to sessionrecall.com forward slash community and you'll be able to sign up and join us today. If you haven't already and you want to download this checklist and have a look at what I've actually been looking at today, that's available again at sessionrecall.com forward slash band checklist. We're also at this stage of the business of really early stages. Um, thanks so much again for watching. We'll see you all again in the next episode and love to hear your thoughts again. See you later.